Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Great News. Yeah. With Kevin Ryder and Mike Catherwood. Uh-huh. Intro! The show's about to begin, bro. Put a smile above your chin, bro. Yeah. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Texas has had some troubles. Lately, yes. Man, oh man, it's been cold there, and they lose power, they lose water, all kinds of problems. There's a guy named Mattress Mac. This is Jim McInvale, and he has a Houston furniture store. He's he's Texas's Larry from Sit and Sleep. Yes. Okay. Yes. You get it free. But Mattress so, Mac goes different. Goes so, a different direction. <laughs> so they're frozen. They don't have power. They don't have water. Sure. And what does he do except for invite them into his store? Oh. Check out this video. There's not a lot of sound on it, but there we go. Good thing we got the music. Yeah, he opens, uh, he opens the door, brings in food, serves all the people. All out of pocket, huh? Everybody's sitting on couches and beds. Wow. And he talks here in a second, but... The least we can do is open this furniture, let people uh, come into a uh, warmer place. Uh, Can't hear him, though. Plenty available, TV's <laughs> plenty available. Here's what he says. Available and lots of hot food. <laughs> he says that, yeah, it costs him money. Yeah. But the, the thing that you can't lose is people's hope. And he really did this beautiful. for a couple of other hurricanes all the way back to Katrina. He'll bring people in, sit them in his couches, his beds, his mattresses, pull out extra mattresses right. and lay them out on the floor and just become a center for people who need some place to stay. I don't want to be the guy who gets into, especially with this show, which is devoted to uplifting positive stuff. I don't want to get into this whole like cancel culture is bad and divisive thing. But if you think about it, instead of this is really a display of how capitalism should work. Yes, agreed. Instead of worrying about oh, the all the back. stuff that. Hold on, the music's back. Oh, the music's back. Good. Okay, good go thing. Ahead. Put it underneath me. I need a bed. Instead of worrying about all the companies that might be doing something that you disagree with and then going about destroying them. Find companies like this man and make it your job when you're in Texas now to always buy your furniture from him. Even though it's used. Even though it's used. <laughs> Even though people have slept on it but for he's many, done many this, nights. He's done this for years it's and years and years. I, I really, my hat's off to him. He says, I can afford it. And these people are desperate, and they really, really appreciate the fact that he gives them a place to stay. Mattress Mac, everyone. Right? Mattress Mac. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it in Texas. Oh yeah, you can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Montgomery is just like it's just like a mini mall. Oh yeah, come shop with us. I said flea market. That's not Mattress Mac, but he does have a catchier theme song. But does he have friends that go, dude? You stop rapping really about this. Rap very well. Probably not. Okay. But Let's keep it in Texas. It's catchy. Okay, it is catchy. Um, Texas man, army veteran, okay. needed the use of a cane uh, from injuries that he sustained in battle. Um, the veterans affairs provided him with one. It just wasn't cutting it. It was, he, in his own words, ugly. Um, ugly. It had no style. 
And oh, uh, I thought it, it didn't work for it, him, or it was the wrong height. Or well, something. it also did. It kept falling okay. apart. It was. It was. I'm, I'm sure they get them mass produced, and and they just it it wasn't it didn't fit him, and it didn't work out. So he reached out to an organization that provided canes for veterans, and uh, the guy who ran it kind of brought him under his wing and showed him how they make them. And he's like, you know, I can do that. Got time on my hands. I'm a fully disabled guy. Um, so he started taking everybody's old Christmas trees okay, and hand-making canes. Uh, he's done over 500 now. Out of hand whittling them out of Christmas trees, canes for veterans is what he's called, and he just makes them himself. They're all they're like super pimp. I think we have some pictures. It's pretty awesome. He's a 54 year old army veteran, and this is what he devotes his life to now. And he just collects anybody can donate their Christmas trees. And just just this last Christmas season, 500 canes. Wow, he made for veterans. Who even has ever thought of that before? No one. And. It just kind of happens organically, I guess. Some of these great news stories, I find the beauty in them. It's almost like, um, you know how they like discover toothpaste by space travel? You know, the, the, something to do with like putting a, a, a la- launching a, a rocket into space. Sure. All the science that developed around it came to de- develop better tires. Or t- I love when people just stumble across stuff and they're like, uh, these old Christmas trees are going in recycling bins and stuff like uh, I could do something with it. But here's the thing though. Let me just yeah. say this. Um, my last guy had a furniture store. Yes. Your guy needed canes that weren't there. And they both said, we don't need to go overseas or make big donations. Let's just do what we can. I may not be are. able to, to write a big check. I yeah. may not be able to devote a lot of time to something, but my skill set can provide help. And that's a, that's a great news story in my opinion. Look at that. Yep. He just needs to decorate it with Christmas lights, and then he's really going to be... He needs to talk to the Oklahoma City, uh, Montgomery, Alabama uh, <laughs> mattress wrapper guy, because that guy had style. <laughs> that guy did have style. Yes. Living room, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. You can find them at the market. We talking about flea market. Mon- he looks good. Like, he, ha- he, he owns it. Like sure. He has a little rhythm, and he just, you know, the pimp and suit, but I just... Yeah, you're right. He doesn't have any friends because like, if he had friends, they would say stop that so, or get like a ghostwriter, right? I don't There's know. A, Having said that, I would, I think I would go buy stuff from him. Yellow Wolf is from Alabama. <laughs> he, I'm sure he'd be happy to help. <laughs> uh, my next story is about a celebrity, yes. which we don't have a lot of, but Ashley Judd, an actress, um, describes. Be look at her. She goes to the Congo <sighs> twice a year to help. Good for her. So she apparently on her last trip broke her leg and was laying on the floor of the Congo for hours. Just out in like the the African plains? Yes. Oh my God. She had one guy that was helping her, her guide. And that guy went and got like three or four other guys and... And they... just sit still. They carried her. All the way out to get help. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's watch really This is her, I think, Instagram, 
where she's telling Actress Ashley Judd is sharing photos and video from what she calls a grueling 55-hour rescue. Mm. Now, that's after she says she shattered her leg in the Congo. Yeah. Melissa, she's thanking the people who cared for her there. Yeah, she's thanking them for her life, Robin. Good morning. Ashley Judd explaining her harrowing accident from an ICU in South Africa, detailing, quote, massive catastrophic injuries to her leg from tripping over a tree. So she posted photos and video of the accident yesterday. Look, oh she my says God. she was lying on the jungle floor for hours before six men helped to gently load her into this hammock before carrying her out. Now, Judd says that she broke her leg in four places and has nerve damage. She was then transported onto the back of a motorcycle over a bumpy road. You're watching that right now. I know, it, just even thinking about that sounds excruciating. She made sure to credit the people who went to great lengths to care for her. Five hours of lying on the forest floor with Dieu Merci, one of our trackers, with his leg under my badly misshapen leg, biting my stick, howling like a wild animal. Mm. That's Judd describing her experience to New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristoff. And she also added this, quote, without my Congolese brothers and sisters, my internal bleeding would have likely killed me and I would have lost my leg. You know, the star and activist travels to the Congo about twice a year. She was there for a research project on bonobos, which is a species of endangered primates. Now, Judd also acknowledged the privilege that allowed her to get relatively fast medical care. And she says that most people who she she knows would not have received the same care. I mean, it ends on a down note, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that those guys came and put together. Have you ever carried a human being in a? I have for like 20 yards. Yeah. And I'm exhausted. Yes. You agreed. Know? It's really, really more difficult than it looks. And they carried her all the 55 hours until she got help. That's honestly a, a beautiful story. And, and, uh, I highly doubt, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit precious, but I highly doubt they expected anything of it. They just saw someone who needed help and yeah, 55 hours, like, like take a second. I think oftentimes because numbers become so normalized, like uh, major league baseball players and, and FIFA soccer players, they, you, you hear stories of $600 million contract. Yeah. You start to lose sight of how much, think about two and a half days yeah. or two, two and a quarter days of devoting to saving someone that's really really amazing we when i was in high school we had what we went to challenge wilderness camp okay and it's basically backpacking for two weeks and we got all the way up to the top of a mountain and a guy messed up his insulin somehow oh no. he had diabetes he went into a coma and we did the same thing where we made two pieces of wood with a sleeping bag between it and we carried him all the way down the hill and i gotta tell you it was the most taxing physical thing i've ever done yeah um rucking already what carrying heavy weights for long distances it's like its own a lot of like uh, military firemen they do that as training to prep for what they do uh, you can you all you can do is underestimate how physically fatiguing yes. it is until yes. you try it and yeah. when it gets dark now you have to feel your next step before you take it because you can't really see and you're so graceful as it is. I really am. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, COVID has provided us a lot of change. The way we do so many things 
has forced us to adjust and pivot. One of the things that's been very jarring for me is watching sports with no crowd. Yeah, it sucks. It, 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 it takes something away, but it also does provide one huge advantage. You can hear so much. Yeah, you can hear everything they say. You can hear the coaches in boxing and UFC. You can hear them giving commands. Um, oftentimes, you you hear stuff you shouldn't be hearing. Sure. A lot of cuss words, especially in Major League Baseball. You know, the umpire sure. throws someone out, and you're like, oh, dude, dude, dude. Um, this is one of the greatest gifts we've ever been given in American sports. This is something that apparently happens quite often, and uh, it's PGA pro Ian Poulter. I have not he heard is, of him. He is not swinging. He is he is uh, watching another uh, player, another golfer swing. Okay. He's just chilling, waiting for his turn. Had to fart. <laughs> of course. Usually, cameras, with their distance and with the way things are mic'd up, with the crowds, um, Ian Poulter's free to do that with relative immunity from embarrassment or from being caught at all. Right. I believe Mr. Poulter forgot that there is no crowd and there is nothing going on. Not only do we get, because there's been a lot of live camera farting. There really has. It's, it's a new thing. It happens all the time. Uh, over the history of American broadcasting, there's been plenty of on-camera farting. But you never get to know, like, was it, was it a camera squeak? Was it a cord that moved? And no one's, no one's claiming it. Right. Unless it's bad enough. This is, and then, this is everything. This is, the, this is the manna from heaven of live camera farting. Because he not only lets one fly, but then outs himself to his caddy. Check, this is amazing. Check this out. It was supposed to be more silent than that. <laughs> oh, do you hear that? I will tell you that golf is a very... Did you get that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's supposed to be more silent than that. <laughs> golf is a very, like, strict sports in that you have to follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And you did notice that he was hanging on to it oh, until yeah. after the guy hit. Oh, he clenched. <laughs> he clenched. Now, if it was him... And his buddies drinking some brews, just playing 18. Yes. That you would have uh, agreed. Like, right in the backswing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's when my brothers and I go golfing. We throw <laughs> tees at each other. And, and we would have done that before. But he had good form on I the just, part. I just love that we not only get to hear a, a really beautiful piece of flatulence, but the guy <laughs> owning it. Like you get to hear him. Like, uh, and you know, someone when, you know, his manager, his agent, are like, dude. This is bad. It was supposed to be this more is, quiet. This is bad. <laughs> we got everything. Um, in the uh, celebrity category, Alex Trebek's Jeopardy wardrobe. I don't know if you saw this story or not, but he passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out what to do with his wardrobe because he was on TV many times a week. Yeah, well, and also... For many years. As a, someone who has experience as a game show host. Sure. They're filming um, many episodes in one day. And so you got to have probably, you know, for one season, they probably have 50 to 60 really nice tailored suits on, on the ready. Because he can't come out and wear the same thing he wore last episode. Dress shirts and ties just rifling him through. Uh, so this story is pretty remarkable um, on how they donated his suits to a nonprofit organization. Oh, hell yeah. Check it out. 
Finally tonight, we offer you this clue. His wardrobe is now helping job applicants in need. The question, who is Alex Trebek? All right, hold up. Hold up. Come on now. F you. You know that every single news anchor sat down and wrote out a, a answer. Yeah. And then followed it up with a sweet question. <sighs> All right. From the rest, from the here on, it's a great story. And they wonder why network news is failing. <laughs> In a final episode, Alex Trebek spoke about a personal passion. We're trying to build a gentler, kinder society. And if we all pitch in just a little bit, we're going to get there. It was a rare revelation for the straight shooter, known for keeping a straight face while guarding the questions to the world's answers in his signature sharp suits. What is the Elder Scrolls? How about omelet? What is destiny? Off camera, his son Matt Trebek says he was always helping others. He and my mom were working on putting together uh, homeless shelters. And his family. He was always working around the house, so most of the time his clothes would more than likely have holes and tears in them. After his father's <laughs> death, Matt, a New York restaurant owner, found a way for his dad to still give back by giving away his Jeopardy wardrobe. They went to the Doe Fund, a New York-based nonprofit that provides men who've struggled with homelessness, incarceration, or addiction with work, housing, training, and even dress clothes for interviews. Are you going to wear this suit on your first job interview? Sure I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> how happy he is. Amazing. George Tucker was a perfect fit. He's turning his life around after 20 years in prison. I feel real good. I feel proud that I got a celebrity suit, you know, and that make me step up. Keep on giving. You know, he that's what he did. Well, I'm going to do the same things. Harriet McDonald is president yeah. of the Doe Fund. Because people lose a lot of dignity if they're homeless or incarcerated. Pause, and then pause. All of a sudden. Is her, D every fiber of her DNA cigarettes? <laughs> like that. It it does sound like it. That sounds like a character. Like yes, you know. But she's doing good work. So yeah, she's, she's doing. It. But you think that if you're devoting your life to other people's well being, you'd be like, I better lay off the menthols. <laughs> Maybe I'll give up the Virginia Slims for just a couple. Let's try it in two weeks. She tossed a cigarette right away just before. They oh yeah. To her. She's like uh, the old. Uh, I forgot his name. The old drummer from the Rolling Stones who was like. Lighting one while he had still the other butt burning in his mouth. <laughs> Throwing it down. All right, let's continue. They're in a work environment. If you wear a good suit, and of course, whose suits could be better, you fit in. What would your dad think about what you're doing? I think he'd be happy. I think just really falls in line with everything that he believed. And I think that would mean a lot to him. How about that? Beautiful, honestly. That is really a nice story. And um, Because guys that get out of prison and homelessness, they don't have that kind of money for that kind of suit. And uh, it really was heartbreaking, even just that little clip they showed. Like, towards the end, it was really hard to watch uh, Alex Trebek. Because um, unlike a lot of celebrities who pass away, really famous people, a lot of the he was such a great guy, she was such a great gal comes out after they're dead. Mm -hmm. And you're always a little bit, I hate to be cynical, but you're always like, well, are you just saying that because, you know. Because, but, but also everybody has a downside, every, so you don't exactly. want to just... But with Mr. Trebek, it seemed like 
years up leading up to his death, yeah. everyone was talking about, you got to understand this guy's just a, he's a really, really solid human being. So, I mean, I would like to say that I could have come up with the answers too, if they were written on a card for me, but could you have read them? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> a great question. Um, keeping it in entertainment. Um, I, I, I fully understand. I, I am not, um, closed off to the idea that, uh, the majority of, the population probably has a little bit of bitterness towards actors and actresses because you make so much money, everybody treats you so well, and you just don't seem like you have to deal with the daily struggles that most of us do. Right. Um, being married to an actor and then subsequently because of that, getting to know all of them, you realize like that's not reality for not most actors, all actors. Statistically speaking, it's such a small percentage of people who make a living, a good living in acting um, that it, it's really, it's not this glamorous kind of glorifiable thing for almost all you're right. Um, and also in order to get that break, there's as someone who's born and raised in Los Angeles, let me tell you, there's a never ending stream of amazing looking people Yeah, that, and so you're not special in the eyes of Hollywood, in, in the eyes of the gatekeeper, even Believe if you're me. 10 everywhere else, yeah, you can um, hear you're a good at seven. And so I, I do think it's, it's, it's one little discrepancy that changes the entertainment industry compared to, say, athletics. You could be a gigantic asshole, but if you can hit 40 home runs a year, you're yeah. always going to have a good job. You could be a tremendous asshole. If you score 30 points a game, believe me, you're good. It doesn't, no one's going to take that away from you. Yep. You could be the most talented, most giving, most hardworking actor in the world and never make it because things didn't fall your way. So when, when someone gets that big break, it's the most overwhelming and kind of beautiful thing to see, and rarely do we get to experience it. But uh, director Andy Muschietti, who is going to be directing the upcoming uh, Flash movie for the uh, DC Comics universe, mm-hmm. had to cast the new Supergirl. Wow. That's going to be a huge role for a young girl because obviously once you get introduced into the DC universe, it's not just going to be your cameo in, uh, or your appearance in The Flash. You're going to subsequently be doing more and more and more. So this is a huge role, and he decided to record his Zoom call with actress Sasha Kaye, letting her know that she is the new Supergirl. Check this out. Uh, can you fly? Can I fly? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean, can I fly? Like fly, like physically. <laughs> if you need me to. <laughs> okay. No, of course yeah. not. All right. Do you want to fly? Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Well, then maybe you will need this. You know what this what is? You... <laughs> You're Supergirl. Citaciones. <laughs> 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 she fainted. Yeah. I'm done. Come no. back. Felicitaciones. Congratulations, Sasha. You made it. You made it. Thank you, guys. This is like. Thank you. No, thank you. We're all thrilled about it. Uh, you know, we're super happy. And Little uh, me would be like, no way. Can I freak out for a second? Of course, yeah, yeah, take your time. I got it. 
¿Sabías lo que era? I, I can't, I'm probably not going to stop crying all day and, and I'll probably see you guys and talk to you guys and also cry in the middle of a conversation with you guys. So I just want to say thank you so much again. Um, I really like, I, yeah, you're thank really you. Good. Thank you, truly. Um, and one little added detail that I think makes that extra special is that nothing against these people, but there's a lot of people in Hollywood who their dad was a producer. Their mom was an entertainment lawyer. Yeah. They went to Crossroads High with Jonah Hill. And like, it's all about connections. Right. And yeah. so you, you, you obviously it's like, Hey, congratulations on your success. But, um, to me, it's not as special as someone like this young girl, Sasha Kaya. She's, she's just a Boston chick, just a chick. She didn't go to Juilliard and the, but she's always wanted to be an actor and she's, uh, she's just like an, a normal girl. So that, I, I thought that was a really cool story. That was beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Uh, if you like this podcast, it's all positive news. Go ahead and subscribe and click on that little bell thing so you can get notified when we put up new episodes. Yeah, it's outro. You know what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news and rap about mattresses. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. All right, I changed my tune. This song rips. <laughs> Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice.